Thank you. <laughs> Hi, guys. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Willie. We're so glad that Willie and Marty came back. They went to Florida. And Willie started putting in job applications because he liked it there so much. <laughs> well, good evening, good evening, good evening. We are going to continue, and we're going to finish this tonight on tribes, okay? So we've been talking about revival hubs. We've been talking about apostolic centers. Pastor Michael started the message about tribal and revival hubs, I mean, excuse me, tribes, two weeks ago. And he talked about Ruth. Um, and he described, explained, defined revival tribes. And we're going to continue with that tonight. Um, last week I spoke and talked and gave you definitions. And we just, we just talked about all of this. Let's just re let's freshen ourselves a little bit. A revival tribe is a spiritual family knit together by the Holy Ghost. That's us. Is it not? Yeah. It's uh, not just title or denomination. It is a group that relates as a family. We have relationship. Um, one reason that we do this is so that we can have, find our common purpose, so that we can develop and expand our sphere of influence. We want to have the influence of our Heavenly Father that we experience in this place. We want to spread that sphere of influence all over our community, all over our region, all over the world, right? That's what we're called to do, is to make disciples of all nations, to get out there and to, to spread that influence, God's influence, the Heavenly Father's influence. So I'm going to call this a pop-up message tonight, if you don't mind, because we're going to talk tonight about different tribes, and we're going to describe them to you. And I can pretty much promise that one of these fits you, or you fit one of these. So when I finish, I'm going to have you pop up. Are you ready? We're going to have fun. Because I want you, when you pop up, when you say, that's me, you're going to be able to look around and say, oh, look. They popped up too. And you're going to be able to find your tribe, your members, your, your partners in crime, if you want to say. You know, I talked with, um, I spoke about it last week. I've got a friend who is Jewish. Her name is Bethel. And she is out in Phoenix. And I wrote to her because I really didn't know the answer. I asked, do the Jewish people of today still hold to the 12 tribes of Israel that we learned about in the Bible. And she, I was kind of apologizing for my silly question. And she said, good question. And she said, actually, yes, she had just learned or discovered or it had been prophesied to her that she was of the tribe of Judah and of Issachar. So she is a phenomenal singer. So why would we be surprised that she is of the tribe of Judah, right? The tribe of praise. And then she also is prophetic. And so also it... Issachar is the tribe of the prophets and the prophetic. And so what we see here is that in her nature, in her giftings, in the character that God has given her, it connects to the tribe that she came from. And so we are here tonight to say that each of us has a tribe. God has given us giftings. He has given us spiritual leadings um, that... that are our gifts that are make us who we are it's our personality it's the things we like to do it's the things we do well etc so um how do we find our 
our friends, our personal, our people, our tribes, and that we talked about resonance. We talked about that vibration, that sense that you feel when you find someone that you are connected with, that they are in your tribe. You just sense it. Uh, feels the same way like when you walk into a church and you know this is your church home. You just sense it. There's no definition of it that is solid or you know hard facts other than we just know that we know that we are there. We know that we know that we have a relationship, a connection with people. So we're going to pay attention and feel for that resonance. And if you decide that it's you, pop up. Okay, I'm going to give you a chance. Okay, the first one um, is the tribe of Levin, and it comes from Matthew 30, or 13, 33. And the scripture says, The kingdom of heaven is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal until it was all leavened. So this is speaking of the influence that a little bit of yeast or leaven will have in the whole lump, right? It influences all of the environment that it is in. So this is where you ask yourself, do you find yourself hidden in society and yet influencing those that are around you? Do you, are you good, are your good works quietly causing society to rise? Are you having, I know somebody, I could stand here and say, oh, it's just, we've got somebody in this church, it's just, his name is written all over this, and I, I'm not going to allow myself to do that, but I really would like to. Um, anyway, do you feel a sense of responsibility for your city's welfare? If you answered yes to these, then you're very much like a Joseph or Daniel, who's living in your environment, who's living in your region, who's living and working and yet quietly, you know, just living and being, and yet you are having that strong, powerful influence over the environment that you res reside in. Does anybody feel that? Is there a pop-up? Come on. Surely one of you feels that, that you're, re that you're, you're influencing your in... Okay, we'll keep, sit on it. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> the tribe of Levin embraces scriptures like, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. That's the tribe of Levin. The next one is the tribe of merchants. And if you'll notice through these, um, through these scriptures out of Matthew, it's all these tribes or these parables are like the kingdom of heaven. And so each are distinct and yet they are all the same, part of the same kingdom. So Matthew 13, 45 says, The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who, when he has found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. So is that you? Do you feel a, <laughs> a resonance? Do you, feel, do you have an eye for things of great value? Do they just draw to you? Do you um, take risks without worrying about failing? Somebody's looking at her husband. Um, <laughs> would you sell it all to gain the one? Huh? Perhaps you are a risk taker who would embark on an exhilarating journey to find one precious pearl worth a lifetime of wages. Then merchants would be your tribe. Huh? Not you? She's pointing that way. Somebody back. <laughs> Pop up. <laughs> no. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> we got one.
one, Nevin. Thank you. And another one back here. Here we go. So you two are of the same tribe. There you are. You have that in common. The next one is fishers of men. It's Matthew 13, 47. Once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. So we know out of the Bible three of those, don't we? Three disciples. Uh, Matthew 4, 19 says, come and follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. You are fishers of men. So ask yourself, does your soul long to capture the hearts of the people and inspire them to connect to the kingdom of God? Do you have a spirit that wakes you up early in the morning or keeps you up late at night, striving and considering and praying and pressing in for those lost souls? Are you willing to leave your boat, your comfort zone, to become a fisher of men? Any pop-ups? Yeah, here we go. We got one. <laughs> Two. There you go. Oh, you're sitting on the same bench. Now, isn't that a coinkadink? <laughs> Okay, if this description resonates in you, then you may be called to fish for souls of men. And I'm sure there's more of you out there, just honestly. Don't we all want God's kids to just come to, the, come to him? The next one is landowners. Perhaps you relate more to the business side of life. Matthew 21 says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. So, landowners, do you love to spend your days strategizing and plotting, planning ways to display Jesus in the marketplace? <laughs> oh, we've got a leaping... <laughs> found your tribe. Business owners, I think, I think business owners are a breed unto themselves. I am not a business owner. I tried selling those Michi bag purse things. I felt like I had to apologize when it came time for them to write me a check. I don't do business. <laughs> it takes a special person. It really does. And, and that, that business person carries the responsibility of his employees. He carries the responsibility of making this thing work to support the family. Business owners are just unique characters. I really trust and believe that. Not everyone has it in them to endeavor to be his own boss and to be responsible for other things other than themselves. But that's a business owner. Any business owners in the place? Yeah, we got a few. Yeah. Okay. No one inclination is better than another, I remind you. It's only important to identify that you are inclined this way because God gave you these giftings. And it's, we're trying to encourage you now to find your tribe, who you connect with, so that you too can partner and you can belong and you can share and you can strategize with what you now acknowledge and recognize God has given to you. There's another one that we have here, and it's more of an attribute than, than a gifting. And um, so what we're going to talk about is from Luke 18, 17, and it is childlike because without a childlike trust, we can't enter into the kingdom, it tells us. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God is as a little child will by no means enter into it. So do you prefer the simple life, a life not complicated with responsibility? Do you trust people? Do you trust the people that God has placed in your life? Is your heart's motto, why can't we just love one another? 
<laughs> Kathy, why are you rolling your head back? Um, then maybe this is your tribe. <laughs> a simple, uncomplicated, unguarded people. Precious and sweet, trusting God and in turn receiving an indescribable promise that they will enter into the kingdom of heaven. Any childlike in the front, Carol? <laughs> we have so, yes, we have so enjoyed her. We went to a movie last night, and she laughed with such glee that part of the joy of our watching that movie was listening to her enjoy it. She just is precious and sweet and transparent and lovely, and she's childlike. <laughs> Anyway, servant-minded. Mark 9.35 is the next one, a servant of the servant-minded tribe. If anyone desires to be first, he shall be last of all and servant of all. So this tribe feels fully alive when they are doing practical things for people. And I think we have a lot of these in this church. Is your passion activated through service? Do you naturally think about needing the needs of people, Melissa? Uh, do you envision yourself joining? I wasn't going to do it. Do you envision yourself joining with others in order to touch the poor and help the broken? Shelby. <laughs> no secret. So does this tribe's values resonate within you? Yeah, it does. We've got a few. Noble. This tribe seeks reeks of royalty. It comes out of 1 Corinthians 4.8. You are already full. You are already rich. You have reigned as, as kings without us. You have reigned as night. I'm sorry. You have reigned as kings without us. And indeed, I would wish you did reign, that we also might reign with you. So the people of nobility carry themselves nobly, as if they belong in the White House. They just carry themselves comfortably that way. So do you carry the intention and the dream to disciple influencers do you envision yourself leading with a team of top-tier advisors? Do you have great favor and divine insight to solve complex problems? <laughs> Are you supposed to stand up, Dina? If you resonate with these attributes, this is your tribe. She's the one with the crown in her office. <laughs> okay. So again, I remind you, these attributes are God-given. That's not something that we take upon ourselves. It's not something we should feel ashamed of. Honestly, they're gifts. They're God's gifts. They're attributes. They're a part of the creature that he designed you to be, so it's okay. It's okay. We, we can shine with these things. The next one comes from the Song of Solomon. It is from Solomon um, chapter 1, and it is the bride-like, bride-like tribe. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. For your joy or for your love is better than wine because of the fragrance of your good ointments. Your name is ointment poured forth. Therefore, the virgins love you. Draw me away. We will run after you. The king has brought me into his chambers. <laughs> Are you a hopeless romantic? <laughs> Are you cap captivated by passion? <laughs> Do you value feelings and experiences above tasks and circumstances and accomplishments? Do you relate to God as both a creator and a lover? Passion is the hallmark of this tribe's DNA. Quite often, the, um, the bride-like 
passionate people are the musicians and the creative, creative ones, the dancers. We've got our gal with the flag that, I'm sorry, I don't remember her name. Sonia, yes. I, why would I forget that? Sonia. She dances so beautifully and it's just such a blessing. This tribe is known for being sensitive, intuitive, and creative. And I'm thankful for these creative and intuitive ones because they're the ones that hear from the Lord and help us and share with us what God is speaking. And it's so, uh, I can't think of the word inspiring, but that's not it. I'll come back to it. <laughs> Competitive, that is the next tribe. First Corinthians 9.24, do you not know that those who run... Oh! <laughs> yeah, John, <laughs> who's coaching our baseball team, thank goodness. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize, one. Run in such a way that you may obtain it. So, John, members of this tribe are Holy Spirit Olympians. They are constantly in training for that big day. They're consequently, they don't have time for small talk. No TV, no fiction books. Is that you? Okay, we're reading this mail. Your conversations are around plans and lofty goals. So some people are intimidated by the sheer disciple discipline of this tribe. They are so regimented that they might view others as lazy or complacent. Oh, Anne-Marie, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this tribe is the backbone of every organization or movement, and what they lack in talent, they make up for in effort. Amen. Okay. The next one is battle ready, and it comes out of 2 Timothy 2. You, therefore, must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. So this, is, this tribe is disciplined as an athlete, but for them, it's not about a race. It's war. It's war. Life is a war. The battle-ready are engaged in an intense struggle against the devil for the souls of men. When I was developing this, I thought of Pastor Fernando. He was here with Pastor um, Gustavo about a month ago. And I remember he took the altar and helped with the altar call in the evening service. And he just stood here and all he could pray for, all that came from him was souls, 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 souls. He just spoke it. He believes it. He lives for it. I shared an office with him in our church in Washington state and he was all there. I could set my clock by him arriving in his office. He was set his office. We shared a wall and I could hear him in there praying. He was diligent about his prayer. He travels to the difficult countries. He goes into India. He goes into South America. He goes into Africa. He goes into those places where he knows that they're facing spiritual battles and he readily engages in those spiritual battles and he comes out victorious because he's got this uh, determination he's got dominion that's the word I'm looking for dominion he does and it just it blesses my soul to watch him operate um, he's 
pa he's passionate and faithful, and he's ever watchful over all the earth with, an in with the kingdom intellect. So I was listening to his conversations. He was talking about things that are going on in other countries that we're oblivious to, but he was able to connect the spiritual aspect to those things that are happening in those countries. He's just, it's powerful. He's, he's a warrior. He's battle ready. That is his tribe. So maybe that's your tribe. Anybody ready to go to Africa? Nevin? <laughs> Pastor Ray. That's him. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> okay, the uh, next tribe is, um, comes out of 2 Timothy 2, and it's hardworking farmers. The hardworking farmer must be first to partake of the crops. Consider what I say, and may the Lord give you understanding in all things. So the hardworking farmer is all about life and land, about fruit and fertilizer, they're plotters. Farmers are plotters. I've heard Pastor Ray say that to me about pastors who have smaller churches or who, who just are so very diligent with the crowd that they have been blessed and have been given covering over. They're consistent and they're patient. Throughout, through prolonged labor, they receive rewards of the harvest. Farmers must be visionary. Don't you know? You put seed in the ground don't you just want to dig it up and see how it's doing? <laughs> Farmers, you can't do that. You have to put that seed in the ground and trust God, trust, trust the seasons, trust the weather, trust the environment, trust the Lord for the harvest that's to come. And the same with our prayers. When we pray, we're planting seed. We're trusting that God is going to well, make fruit of it. Um, walnut trees take a minimum of five years to produce fruit. So you plant a walnut tree, you've got to wait five years. That's a long time when you're laboring and trusting and believing. Farmers are constantly investing in the future. They labor in hope and they live by faith. So perhaps you find yourself among this tribe of people. Any patient ones? There we go. God bless you. <laughs> You don't mind hard work. You exhibit patience, knowing your labors will produce in due season. Your motto is Proverbs 10.5. He who gathers in a summer is a wise son. He who sleeps in harvest is a son who causes shame. So there you have it. We have these tribes, several tribes and their attributes. Perhaps you have a better idea now of what, why you are the way you are. It's not odd. It's not um, unusual. There's actually others out here who relate and connect with you. And if you open your heart and your spirit and look for who you resonate with, then we want to encourage you to develop a relationship with them. Enter into something with that person. I, want, I challenge you. Put on your tribal glasses. Pastor um, uh, Whitney taught us about gog goggles at one of our women's meetings. You put on your God goggles. You see the life through God's eyes. And through this, I encourage you to look for your tribe through your God goggles, through your tribal glasses. I love this scripture, 2 Timothy 2. It says, You have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. Endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life, for then they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. And athletes cannot win the prize unless they follow the rules. 
and hardworking farmers should be the first to enjoy the fruit of their labor. Think about what I am saying. The Lord will help you understand all of these things. So look for the kingdom attributes in your fellow, in the people in your church, in your, even in, outside of the church, in your community, who you work with. Find who you resonate with. Pay attention to the DNA. Remember, until you find your people, you can't fully apprehend your destiny because we need one another. God created us that way. All of us need the right people to launch ourselves into our destinies. Our purposes lie in your people. Your purpose lies in your people. So together we are called to influence the world, and we can't do it alone. Remember Ruth, who clung to Naomi, and she made a covenant with her. So Ruth, in doing that, laid a foundation that allowed her to enter into history and to break into the lineage of Jesus. Ruth forged a legacy that will last an eternity, and it includes the Son of God. Isn't that powerful? It's an understatement to say that finding our people or our tribe and living in covenant has eternal consequences. There's an old adage based on Proverbs 13.20. It says, show me your friends, and I'll show you your destiny. So it's impossible to escape the fact that our lives lie with our tribes. Everybody has a twin out there, just like I said last week. It's not a silly saying. It's true. It, it's, it is indeed true. The people around us awaken the destinies that are dormant within us if we would open our hearts and our spirits and our eyes to our partners, to our tribe members, to the people that we connect with. When we find our people, when we find our tribe, we discover our destinies. So if you'd bow your heads for just a moment, I just want to take a moment and ask you to just take this time and search your heart for the tribe that resonates in you. Ask God to reveal others who are in your tribe. Consider the people that are in the church, that are in your environment, that you draw to. And then step into God's purpose with this new knowledge. Enter into relationships with those that he has brought into your life. Love them hard. Enter into a covenant. Take that risk. Take that chance. It's God's purpose. It's his design for our lives. Establish your sphere of influence. There's strength, there's power, there's dominion in our influence. It's a godly influence. And it's the call that God has on our lives is to develop that sphere of influence. Understand the power that's in that influence because you have been created for such a time as this.